When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone and welcome to Ahsoka Episode 4 Breakdown. This is by far the best Star Wars episode of anything that we've had since George Lucas sold Star Wars. In my opinion, I think with the right director, writing, vision, and Star Wars understanding, we can finally start to get Star Wars as it was meant to be. Now, I think the lightsaber fights in this were fantastic, however, they were not nearly as great as what Nick Gillard could have created had he worked on this project. I think they would have been much more fluid, and well, we can get into the nitty gritties, but let's first get right into the breakdown. So sit back, relax, let's begin. As we start the episode, Ahsoka and Sabine discuss their game plan as Hu Yang fixes the ship. Ahsoka is facing a very difficult choice. She realizes if they can't get the map, then it must be destroyed, meaning no one will ever find Ezra, but also this means no one will ever find Thrawn, and perhaps the galaxy will be safe. Sabine thinks Ahsoka is too callous to be doing something like this to their friend. However, Ahsoka is all about the greater good, and so she'll put the galaxy's fate with Thrawn into a reality without him and Ezra, if that means that the people are safe, because she knows how manipulative and powerful and cunning Thrawn can be. As the HK assassin droids come for Sabine, they fight Hu Yang and we can see how he stacks up against these very proficient assassin droids. He wasn't too bad at all, I was just hoping that he'd be getting his forearms out and using those lightsabers to defeat them. But instead, Ahsoka and Sabine come out and in tandem with Mandalorian marksmanship and ex-Jedi lightsaber skills and powers of the force which was sick to see, they defeat their enemies. Balin tells Shin and Maroc to hold up Ahsoka and Sabine because they know the droids won't. Balin knows how powerful Ahsoka is, and his tone reflects that when he says they better get underway. I like Balin. I think he's very realistic, and he's not as foolhardy as most Sith might be. I think the fall of the Sith was really because they were all just so in love with their own ego and hubris. Hera leaves with Chopper and her son Jason Sandula, who is half Jedi. The father was of course Kanan Jarrus, trained by Depa Balaba, who was trained by Mace Windu. Jason has dreams of being a Jedi just like little Anakin did, and it'll be interesting to see his journey. Perhaps Ahsoka will train him, and we'll get a bit of a reverse God of War sort of story. Carson Teva escorts her out into space, and it's nice to see him again from Mando and Andor. Seems like he's in every Star Wars show. As Balin awaits, Elsbeth uses her Night Sister magic to open the map so the coordinates are precise. As even being just a little bit off, they could end up being stuck in the depths of a void without any way to come back. Ahsoka and Sabine travel through the forest until they are stopped by Merak and Shinhati. The fight ensues and it's quick work mostly for Ahsoka as she cuts Merak in the abdomen. Now he's not an apprentice of Vader, he's not Starkiller or anything. He's just, uh, he's not even really an organic being for the most part. He's undead, I think. Uh, he is created by the Night Sister, that green smoke dust that comes out of him. That's Night Sister magic. So he's maybe brought back alive, kind of like how they enhanced Savage Opress or brought some of the undead back. 
which they were all enhanced with magic. We see this when Savage Press dies at the hands of Palpatine, Darth Sidious in the Clone Wars. He reverts back to his original form, very skinny and meek. Ahsoka's movements are very samurai. She is very stable and focused, and I'm really enjoying seeing the character progression here for her. Ahsoka leaves to get the map as Sabine fights Shin. Now, remember Hu Yang said that they should stay together? Well, of course, they didn't listen. Time is of the essence, but I think that Ahsoka could have easily just thrown Shin with the Force or something at a tree and they could have ran and got out of there. I don't know. As she walks to Balin, he taunts her and tells her that Anakin spoke highly of her, that everyone knew Anakin Skywalker. Few live to see him become Darth Vader, and then taunts her even further, saying it's because she walked away and abandoned him that he turned. Now, Ahsoka, if you guys didn't know, holds a lot of resentment for herself for this thing. She often blames herself for Anakin's downfall to the Sith as Vader because she feels had she not left the Jedi, perhaps she could have convinced him to change his ways or been there for him during his downfall, during his dark times. Balin says he's trying to create a better future. Now, I think personally what he means by this is that he has motivations of his own to rebuild perhaps a dark Jedi order of some sorts. Dooku wanted to do the same and have thousands of Force users that were dark. However, of course, Anakin stopped that plan, you know, with Sidious's help. Ahsoka uses only one of her sabers, and I think it's because she'll need one hand to grab the map, so she's kind of limiting herself. Otherwise, her Shoto, which is a shorter saber, would have been deadly in this duel at close range for stomach strikes. Her and Balin's fight is something amazing. I haven't seen this kind of lightsaber fighting since the prequels. Mind you, nothing compared to Nick Gillard's, of course, but great to see nonetheless. Shin disarms Sabine, where Sabine tries to use the Force, and Shin flinches. Now, I don't think this is because she used the Force at all. I think it's because Shin just thought maybe something would come at her, perhaps. But I could be wrong. Maybe she used the Force for half a second, but it was pointless. Balin and Ahsoka continue to fight, where he tells her that Anakin and her legacy only brings death and destruction. So he clearly doesn't like Vader, and probably didn't care for the Empire. Or perhaps he felt Anakin's betrayal of the Jedi and the killing of all the Jedi during Order 66 is what he's massively resentful over. Perhaps he lost someone important to him during Order 66. I guess we'll find out. Ahsoka kicks him aside and grabs the map. This burns her hand. In fact, I think the map actually gets burned into her palm, and maybe she has the coordinates in her hand. This leaves her in pain during the fight with one arm, and she's extremely limited now. She fends Balin off, but it's really no use. He's just too powerful. Something I noticed with his swings is that they are very heavy and long-winded, and I think he's using the heaviest setting on his lightsaber, which means that you know one strike is extremely powerful and deadly as it carries so much weight behind it that it requires a big, strong person to be able to wield that around. Much like, you know, the lightsaber styles in Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. Shin shows up and Sabine loses herself in anger thinking Sabine died. So she uses the force to throw Shin into a stone pillar, knocking her out unconscious. This was definitely not a very Jedi thing. She used her anger for sure. But with using her anger, it uncentered her balance. So Balin hits her off the cliff, sending her to her possible death. Sabine shoots and screams at Balin as he blocks every attack perfectly. If you pay attention, he moves his saber before the blast is even fired. This guy is definitely something else, and he's very, very strong. As she threatens to destroy the map, he closes his eyes and reads Sabine's mind. This is a dark side trick. He senses her conflict, that she wants Ezra, and the only way to get him is with the map. He calls her bluff, she won't destroy it. He offers her to come with them willingly, and this was a big twist in the episode. I didn't see this coming at all. It definitely makes the story more intense 
and something that you just wouldn't really see happening. However, I can see why she did it, as her feelings for Ezra make her desperate and weak. Attachment is forbidden for Jedi. She hands the map to Balin as Shin Hati force chokes Sabine and is ordered to release her after two commands. Now, I think Shin Hati might betray Balin eventually, as she seems much more evil than him. The map is back online and Elsbeth's ship is calculating the proper coordinates. Hera and the X-Wings get into formation as Balin destroys the map with his lightsaber. Now no one can get the coordinates to Thrawn or Ezra. The only people who have it are Elsbeth. However, we gotta remember, maybe the coordinates are in Ahsoka's palm, but I'm not sure. They head to Elsbeth's ship and engage the hyperdrive ring as they blast off. Now, the ring is empty, of course, and a lot of us were thinking maybe a Purgle is going to get strapped to it or something like that, but this is because that they're probably waiting to dock Thrawn's Chimera or who knows what to it when they head back once they get him. This was a monster hyperspace jump as it disoriented everyone in space in the area. As we pan the ruins and ocean where Ahsoka and Balin fought, we enter the world between worlds. This is a place that we saw in Star Wars Rebels. This is where all space and time echo, so every moment in Star Wars and the Star Wars galaxy can be found here through doors and portals. You can see any moment you want within Star Wars. You want to see Qui-Gon's death? You can do that. You want to see Anakin and Obi-Wan? You can do that. You want to see the original trilogy, any moment in there? You can do that. You'll even hear voices of many different people in Star Wars when you're walking around in this place. Now, Ahsoka was saved by Ezra in Rebels in this place when he pulled her out of a portal as she was about to be killed by Darth Vader when they were fighting. She stands up and we hear Anakin say, Hello, Snips, as she turns around and sees Anakin Skywalker standing there in the flesh, saying, I didn't expect to see you so soon. End of the episode. So, right here, in my opinion, it might not really be Anakin, but boy, was it amazing seeing our boy Hayden, right? I think it looks pretty fantastic. They did a little de-aging. He looks just like he looked in Revenge of the Sith. Now, a few questions I have here, which makes me really skeptical to see if this is Anakin or not. He's got the glove. He's got his mechanical hand. Why would he have his mechanical hand if he's dead? That doesn't happen. Because in Return of the Jedi, at the end, he was wearing a white robe and he had his hands. So, what's the deal with that? Why does he have his weapon, his lightsaber? This is kind of weird and off-putting. But then again, maybe this place, the world between worlds, is just where everyone goes when they become Force ghosts. Maybe this is like the next realm. And then when they go to the real world, then they're ghosts. Maybe this is like the next journey. Now, this might not be Anakin. And we hear that with the theme of the Vader theme, and you know, right at the very end of the episode, switching up. It might be the son of Mortis, who we hear in the first episode of Soka speaking out to her, or rather, the daughter, who is the son's sister. So let me explain. The daughter is the embodiment of the light side, and if you saw the Clone Wars, you'd know that when Ahsoka died on Mortis, she gave her life to save her. And ever since, this small owl named Morai follows Ahsoka around, kind of like a guardian angel. This is why I think she's here in the world between worlds, which is an impossible place to get to. Even Palpatine couldn't get in here, as if he did, a lot of damage could have been done with altering moments in the timeline, or seeing moments otherwise unable to see. I think her being saved by the godlike being of the daughter, the light side embodiment, gave Ahsoka certain abilities that otherwise wouldn't be granted to a mortal, landing her here. Now, this might not be Anakin. I saw this because it's weird that as a Force ghost, he has his mechanical gloved hand. However, maybe 
Here was where Force Ghosts live, as I mentioned. And this is like a normal living world. And anywhere outside of it, they turn translucent blue and glow. Now, I think the next episode, we'll see Ahsoka and Anakin walking together. Maybe they'll see different moments in the Star Wars timeline. I mean, that would be absolutely insane. And perhaps he's explaining different scenes and different moments and different things to her. Maybe she'll constantly be blaming herself about how she could have saved him if she had stayed at the temple. And he'll say, well, why don't you find out for yourself, Snips? And maybe push her into, I don't know, maybe Mustafar or something and see what would have happened. And I think that would be absolutely insane. And maybe when she dies, he pulls her out or right before, whatever. Now, he might also shift into Darth Vader, as we did get that theme. And something just seems kind of off. Like, you know, you look at his lightsaber. It's the same lightsaber. It is the Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith lightsaber. A lot of people in the chat were saying, it's Vader's. It's, it's not. Vader's hangs from the top. This one hangs from the bottom. And it is looking exactly like his Revenge of the Sith saber. So I definitely have a lot of questions. Definitely going to make a lot of theory videos based on who I think Anakin could be or what's going on with him. I mean, and it might just be him. I, I hope it's him. But there's just a lot of questions I have here that I'm wondering about. So anyways... Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I think the next one is going to be really amazing. I think it's just going to be Anakin and Ahsoka the whole time in this world between worlds. And we're going to learn a lot about her, maybe Morai, the daughter. We're going to learn a lot about Anakin, about the timelines in the galaxy, maybe Qui-Gon Jinn. Who knows what other Force ghosts we could see. And when she's ready, she might hop out into this next galaxy or whatever it might be through a portal in the world between worlds. Thanks so much for watching today's breakdown. Leave a like on it if you did enjoy it. And let me know what you think about the episode in the comments. I give it a 10 out of 10. Really fantastic what can happen when the right people are behind Star Wars. Have an awesome rest of your day, and as always, may the Force be with you.